2 Corinthians chapter 12, and our text this morning will be verses 14 to 27. For the body is not one member, but many. If a foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. And if an ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. There ends the reading of God's inerrant word. Why don't we go to the Lord in prayer before we tackle this text this morning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that you have given it to us in human language, that you have given us the ability to understand it. You've given us the Holy Spirit to help us interpret it. And so we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would again teach us through your word that you would, he would illuminate the truths and apply them to our hearts as, you, as he see fit, that we might go out more in the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we as a body might reflect more what you desire in a church, and that you would ultimately be glorified through the worship of your people here this morning, I pray in your name. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the body, the body of Christ. And last week, we really did, were discovering that, and we talked about that the body was a unity. In other words, it is, it is one piece together. You can't separate it. And so, again, there is the idea that though there are many members, there's just one body. And for what we were, by one spirit, were baptized into one body. We were placed into the body. And then ultimately, we were made to drink of the same spirit. We all were indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And if you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, then you're in the church. And so there's two things taking place. Placement in the body and dwelling of the Holy Spirit in the individual. So whereas he has emphasized the unity that is taking place, he now begins to speak about our need, our need to be dependent upon one another. In other words, that unity, how does it work? How does it, how does it actually function? 
And so as he looks, as he continues on, he wants to tell us very clearly what, how are we to be dependent, that we are to be dependent on one another, sorry. He wants to tell us you need to be dependent on one another. There's a dependence of the body. In other words, you can't be separated. And so there's a mutual dependence. And really, until we realize our need to be dependent on one another, the body itself will never be function like it should. It will never ultimately reach its full spiritual potential because it will be like a man with a, with a bad foot. It will be limping along, but it will never be able to fulfill and to move as it should. And so as Paul looks at this section and as he, as he wants to demonstrate the necessity of depending on one another, he addresses really three issues to do with dependence. And he wants to, first of all, address the first group that says, uh, they don't need me. They don't need me. I don't have my mic on. I got to stay close to my pulpit. They don't need me. I'm just, I'm useless. And so there's a part of the body that says, actually, what's the point of me being here? With my gifting, why, why should I do that? I'm not needed. The second group says, actually, I don't need you. I don't need you, right? I'm, I'm good. I, I've got all the flashy gifts. I don't need you. And then Paul finally says, actually, I want you to understand that Christ or God has a plan for you to be dependent on each other. In other words, the dependency that is here is actually a result of divine design. It's not by accident. And so as he, as he, as he gives forth these three truths for, for us, we, are ultimately, we will ultimately realize that if we as a church are going to function properly, we need each other. We need each other. We need each other and to depend on each other because that is actually the way that God has designed it. So Paul begins in verse 14 and he's about to address this first group, I'm not needed. And we could really say these are the insignificant members. These are the, the, shall we say, the less gifted members. Those who don't have the, when we say less gifted, we're talking about those who don't have the flashy gifts, right? In Corinth, we've had all these people who are speaking in tongues, a word of knowledge. They've had a word of wisdom, right? And they've all had these flashy gifts and gifts of healing, and so there's this elite, you would say, that has been there. And there are those in the church who don't have those gifting. And you can almost hear them speaking here. As Paul writes this, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. And again, he's working off verse 13. For one, by one spirit we were baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slave or free. We were all made to drink of one spirit. And so he's, he's pointing out again the unity of the body. And that the body isn't just made up of one member, but many members are necessary for the body. And we could say this, it's, it, it's not enough to say that the body consists of one member, of, of more than one member, or, or that it's made up of one part. But rather, without the members, there is no body. 
Without the members, there's no body. And so Paul, again, is, is emphasizing that the body is not one member, but many. If we're going to have a body, we need members. And then Paul says in verse 15, if the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, is it, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. And then similarly in verse 16, and if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. And Paul says there, are, there may be those in the Corinthian church at this point who are looking around at others and they are, they are seeing their flashy gifts and they're seeing people who are healing and they're seeing people who have a, a gift of knowledge and, and a gift of wisdom and are speaking in tongues and some are prophesying and they're saying, I, I, I don't belong here. I, I've got nothing to contribute. Look at these guys. Right? Look at look at all they're doing. Look how look how showy they are. Look how they're contributing. And me, I'm not doing anything. I don't have the gift of prophecy. I can't heal anybody. I can't speak in tongues. And it's almost as if they're saying, I I, I I'm I'm of no good. I, I'm of no value. I, I really don't belong here. And it's like, and he says, it's like, and so this complaining and saying, I don't belong here, he says, is really like the body itself, the human body, where the, where the hands, where the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. Right? The foot might look at the hand and say, wow, look at the hand. Right? They put a sock on me. Look at the hand. It's out, out, out in front of everyone, right? Look at, look what it can do, Right? They eat their food with their hand, but they won't eat with their foot. At least not all of us. <laughs> right? Like, look what it can do. And I'm jealous of that. And the ear looks at my... Well, looks, that's hard to do. The ear hears everything that's said about the eye. Right? You, when's the last time buddy, somebody came up to you and said, you have two of the most lovely ears I've ever seen? <laughs> Right? We normally say what? What lovely eyes. What lovely eyes, because they're showy, they can be seen. And so maybe the ear is saying, wow, I sure wished I was an eye. And so these believers who might be actually feeling sorry for themselves, and at least minimally feeling sorry for themselves, also might be a little jealous. I, I, wished, I actually wished I was an eye. I wish there was a hand. And so it's almost like they're sitting in the mud, you know, eating grubs, feeling sorry for themselves. Saying, oh, I'm not really part of the body. I don't belong here. I'm not important. No one would know if I was gone. Sounds like Eeyore, <laughs> right? And Paul says, I don't care what you feel like. Really? If my foot says it's not part of my body, is it still not there? It's still there. Right? If, if, if your ear says I'm not part of your body, does it make it any less part of your body? Absolutely not. And so Paul says, listen, 
Just because you figure that you're not as important and maybe you're even jealous of those who have greater gifts than you doesn't make you any less part of the body. It's just as ridiculous as your foot saying, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. The principle is obvious. No member can accomplish his own removal from the human body by complaining and appreciating its own importance so no one can remove themselves from the church and, and remove themselves from the body of, the, of God because what? Because they don't feel important. Because they feel underappreciated, undergifted, have nothing to contribute. But because someone isn't in the limelight, because someone doesn't have public gifts, doesn't mean that he's not important. And Paul, Paul continues on with that in, that in that next verse, in verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? In other words, if you're all ears or all eyes, who's going to hear? If you're not, if you ha don't have a nose, how are you going to be able to smell? In other words, how, you can't really have a body without what? Without members. And remember this, anytime you cut off a member of your body, you are less able to function than you were before, right? I cut off your foot. Tell me how your marathon goes, right? You, and really, ultimately, if you have no body parts, you're not a, you're not a what? You're not a body. So no matter how exalted may be a Christian's ability, he cannot function as a spiritual owner. You need the body. You need to be part of it. For this reason, no child of God should underestimate his own importance as a member of the body. He need not covet prestige of others. In God's sight, his operation is just as significant. So today you might come here and you might come to church and you say, you know what? I've got nothing to offer. I've got zero gifts. I think my only gift is maybe gossip and I'm supposed to bury that one. I don't know what I don't fit in or I've got nothing I can do. And Paul says, doesn't matter what you feel. God tells you you're actually important. He tells you that we need all kinds of parts for the body to actually function. In fact, if you disappear from the church and you, everybody who thinks that they're not somebody leaves the church, then you don't actually have no body at all because you're missing all of these pieces. He says in verse 18, but now God has placed each of them in the body just as he desired. In other words, God gifted you just the way he wanted you and he placed you in the church just where he wants you 
And you're here by what? Sovereign design. You didn't get here by accident. You got here by sovereign design. God placed you here. It's interesting. The word placed here. Is a word that is used. I believe for a painting. Where someone takes them. Takes all the paints and makes them the right color. He says I've, I've painted you exactly where I want you to be. But these Corinthians who are saying, are actually in, in their complaining, are saying, guess what? God, in your wisdom, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. You didn't give me what I need. You didn't give me what I deserve. You didn't give me what I want. And so they didn't see their gifts rightly because they didn't see the sovereign God rightly. They weren't, again, received by accidents or by whim. God had created and placed them in the body exactly where he wanted them to be. And it's a tragedy that believers are discontent with their gifting rather than recognizing that God has placed them exactly where he wants them to. He has placed you in the body for a purpose. And you are necessary. You are necessary. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Again, the, the, he repeats the idea. If there's no members, there's no body. You all can't be the same. You look at your body, you don't want to be all feet, all noses, all thumbs, right? We want to be what? We're part of the body. If all were one member, where would the body be? In other words, there would be no body. The essence of this argument lies in the observed concept that there could be a body without parts. A body with only one member would no longer be an admirable organism, but the lowest kind of animal. Think about that. Right? You'd be an amoeba. We're all the same. There's no need. The lowest kind of animal rather than something grand and complicated put together by God. And then he says, but now there are many members, but only but one body. There are many members, one body. And those bodies, those members are necessary for the one body. And he says to those who are less gifted, God's placed you here. God has a ministry for you. He's gifted you exactly where he has because there's a task for you that only you can do. And you are, it's essential to the body of Christ as any part on your body. Right? You want we can after the service we can ask you how which parts are not essential in your body and we can cut those off for you, right? <laughs> not going to happen, right? We're not going to have a lineup. So it is with the body of Christ.
No part is not essential. Every part is necessary. Stop being jealous of other people and be content with what God has given you. And when you do that, we go from having a critical spirit and being feeling inferior to joy and service in his church. And then Paul turns the corner here after saying, speaking really to the, to the group that says, I'm not necessary. And Paul says, actually, you are. It doesn't matter how much you think you're not. You can't, you can't escape that you're an integral part of the body. He says now to, this, to those significant members, we would say those who are, have the flashy gifts, you need the rest of the body. This is the, the first group says, I'm not needed. This group says, I don't need you. And Paul addresses that attitude here in verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for, of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And again, this is wrong because God has created the body and he has placed it together and no one has the right to say to the hand, I have no need of you, or to the head, I have no need of you. But it would seem late in the Corinth assembly, this is exactly what was going on. There was those who had the flashy gifts, and they thought that they were most necessary. They acted as if they were self-sufficient, that they could carry out their ministries alone, that they didn't need anybody. They just needed them and their select friends. And they overestimated their own importance and underestimated that of other believers. And Paul says, on the contrary, it is much truer that the members which seem to be weaker are necessary. And he says, you think you're gifted and you think because you're up front and you get to teach and you, you are seen by people that somehow you're necessary and that you're the show. And he says, far from that. In fact, on the contrary, you've got it all backwards. It is much true that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Oops. Maybe a little humble pie here. But verse 22, as it follows, verse 21, 21 says and the hand, the hand, about the hand and the, and the feet. He says, on contrary, it, the members which seem weaker. In other words, these are even weaker than hands and feet. And I think he's referring here to the, to the, to the internal organs. They're even secondary to hands and feet. The sensitive internal organs such as lungs and stomach are susceptible to injury and their only protection is the members surrounding them. Completely hidden but yet vital to living. So I, I trust this morning like when you came here right you put socks on your feet but you didn't take your heart out and take a look at it and put makeup on it did you? You didn't. You didn't, you, didn't say, you, didn't, you didn't do anything to your stomach to get it here. Maybe feed it. 
right? But he says, actually, what is more necessary for you than the showy members is what? Your internal organs. Right? I can chop your hand off. You'll survive. I'll chop, I can chop off one of your ears. You'll be just fine. Pardon me? Yes, you'll be just fine. <laughs> right? But I pull your heart out. That's a different issue. Right? I pull your liver out. That's a different issue. Your stomach stops digesting. That's a different issue. You die. And Paul says, actually, I want you to understand that those weaker ones, those ones that you think are not so showy, who, are, who don't have those flashy gifts, are actually more vital to the working of the church than you are. There are those who work in the church whose praises are unsung. Just like you don't praise your heart and your stomach, right? You may look in the mirror and say, I'm so beautiful, but you don't pull out your heart and say, it's so beautiful. It's not seen. And just like that in the church, there are vital ministries in the church which include those who are not obvious. The faithful prayers and services of a few dedicated saints who hold no office in the church, who have no show for it, frequently are the most reliable and productive channels of spiritual power in a congregation. Right? It is those people, those faithful saints in their prayers and their service behind the scenes that are vital to the, to the body and to the church. These less notable ministries are sometimes vulnerable to misunderstanding and often to neglect and lack of appreciation. They should be protected by fellow believers just as a body protects its vital organs. Hear that? They should be protected just like your rib cage and your muscles protect your vital organs. That's the job of those, those so-called flashy gifted people and he says and those members of the body which we deem less honorable on these we bestow more abundant honor less honorable are our parts of the body that are less attractive in appearance these would include among other things our, our trunk hips shoulders arms and legs right so some of us are wearing a little bit looser shirt this morning to hide our pot belly, right? Because it's just not attractive. We, do, we cover those parts of our body because they are not good to look at. We spend more time and money clothing those parts of our body than the ones that are pre presentable. And thus, by doing that, we esteem honor on them. We intuitively put on clothes to render a person to be more pleasing. And so we cover our bodies and we, and we cover up and we wear clothing and we, we give honor to them because we cover them. And we show respect for them and honor for them. And then he says our less presentable members become more presentable. Less presentable has the idea of being shameful, indecent, un, unpresentable. Some translations say unseemly. And here it refers to the parts of the body that are considered private and should be covered. 
University, all societies of history, with the exception of a few primitive tribes, those parts of the body have been treated with what modesty? They're covered. When people treat these unseemly members with care and modesty, they become more what? Presentable. When they are properly treated, they become decent, just as less attractive parts when properly treated become more attractive. It is from a a sense of Christian values that we must promote these things. And so the gifted person must not look down on a Christian who possesses no obvious gift or to use his gift to seek a greater honor of his own. Doing that is a direct contradiction of the principles concerned with the body. I want want you to listen to this. It is far more consistent with self-preservation that members of a body who have greater outward beauty and more functional abilities devote themselves to the well-being of the parts that are not so well equipped but are essential to life. You exercise why? To keep your heart going. You eat properly so that you, you grow properly and that your body is healthy. And Paul says this is exactly what is supposed to take place in the body. Those who are, quote, the, with the flashy gifts, those who are in leadership, those who have gifts of teaching, those who are seen publicly and people notice are not to revel in it but they are rather to promote the good of those who are not seen. They are to promote the good of those who are not seen. Far from looking down on those who are underneath them, who are, who are be- the benefit of their gifts, they are to what? Encourage the faint-hearted and help the weak and to take special care to show appreciation and protect them when necessary. See what's going on here? He's saying to the, to the weak ones, what? You're necessary. You have a job to do. You need to work. You have a place in the church. And he's saying to the what? To those who have the showy gifts, actually your responsibility is to take care of those who don't and to make sure that they are protected and taken care of. That's your job. So he says, give them honor, whereas our most presentable members have no need of it. In other words, you don't have to honor those who are already what? Presentable. They get enough of it already. There, there's, a natural, there's a natural thing that happens when you are presentable. When you, when you, are, when you, are, when you have beautiful eyes, people tend to comment on it. I'm still waiting. But, but the idea is what? There's a natural flow to it. And so those who have public ministries, those who are seen, get accolades. It's just a natural response of people. They don't need, they don't need it. What we need to do is make sure that we're taking care of those behind the scenes. 
We need to be a church that is continually affirming those who serve behind the scenes. And to recognize that it is of no more value to the church and it is no, no more necessary to have a talking head if you don't have a heart, if you don't have a brain, if you don't have a stomach. Every single part of the church is as important as the talking head. And so we need to make sure that we as a body recognize that we need to take care of one another, and that we need to be serving one another. And when that happens, there's unity in the church, right? There's unity in the church. Because now those with less, with those less showy gifts, those ones working behind the scenes are now affirmed. And there's an equality that comes through the church. So Paul says, this is what we understand this. You who have flashy gifts, you guys who have public ministries, make sure that you take your energy not to self-exalt and not to show how important you are, but to affirm and to protect and make sure that those who are weaker get the honor that they deserve. Because in God's book, they get as much honor as you do. Well, Paul's been speaking here really about the body and, and the human body and the instinctual taking care of the body of itself. But as he moves into 24b, he now speaks of what God is doing. The first few verses, the body always takes care of itself. But here now is, is moving away from the human body. He, Paul now speaks directly about the church. And what God has done. And really we could say this is God's provision for mutual dependence. This is what God is doing. He says in verse 24b. But God has composed the body. Giving it more abundant honor to that member which lacked in other words, the body wasn't formed by some natural force. It wasn't formed by accident. God is ultimately responsible for it. And the balance between the different members in the church. And he has put the body together with concern for the individual, so that the individual members have concern for one another. And so God has arranged the body like, a, like we would say, like an orchestra conductor who is moving the pieces and conducting the orchestra. God is moving the church. He says, giving more honor to the member that lacked. In other words, God's, God's system, the place that he, the system he's put in place is that what? The honorable members give honor to the what? Less honorable. God has in the system, he has made the system exactly this way. So that those who have less honor actually receive honor. That is God's design. That is what he has set forth for the body.
And so he says, there may be members who feel like they are what? Don't have much to contribute. But God has designed it so that the gifted members are ultimately giving honor so that no one lacks. So no one is left behind. No one feels like they are not part of the body. And so again, the results in exact perfect balance and equality. And so Paul says, this is what's taking place. God has placed each member. He has sovereignly moved them into the body just as he desired. And again, the emphasis is on God's sovereignty and on his choice, not your choice, but as he desired. I read verse 19 instead of verse 25. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that, here's the purpose. This is why God has set the system up. So that there may be no division in the body. Negatively, no divisions, no factions, no fighting. Now we know the Corinthians had not gotten this memo, right? They started, we, we started in early fighting over different teachers. Right now they're having disputes over gifts. But he says, I've created the body this way and placed you in the body so that there may be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. In other words, this is why I've put you here so that you will take care of one another, so that you will there will be no one who is not cared for. No one is left behind. That everyone may have what? The same care. There's no special treatment in the body. There's not, there's not special saints who get a little bit more and there's saints who get a little less. Everyone gets the care that they need. Just, just so you know what he means, he, he finishes this up in verse 27. 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. He says, you guys should be so together and so taking care of one another that if one person in your church is hurting, everybody hurts. Everybody should be hurting. Everybody should be aware of it. If I took a hammer and I smashed your toe, you wouldn't be like, oh, just, just my toe hurts, right? It affects your whole body. It affects your whole body. And he says, if one member of the church is hurting, we should all what? Hurt. This is how we are to be as a church. So united, so together, so wanting to heap honor on one another and to care for one another that if anyone hurts, we're so tied together, we all hurt. And then he says, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. This sometimes is more difficult than the first one. <laughs> right? We're okay to give sympathy 
But boy, sometimes it's difficult when someone else is getting praise, right? Are you kidding me? Really? They put up one poster, right? I paved the whole driveway, no one said a thing, and they put up one poster and everybody's going on about it, right? And we can get jealous. And, we, and it's hard sometimes to rejoice with those who rejoice because we're jealous. And Paul says that's, that's not the way it's to be. We are to be so serving one another and so humble and so wanting good for others that when they do well, we rejoice with them. We rejoice with them. We're as happy as they are. We're rejoicing that they're on that they're honored because we see their value. We see what God is doing through them and for them and through them. And we're thankful. And far from being arrogant, we're humble. After all, remember this. When one part of the body does well, it's good for all of us, right? It's just like your human body. You feed, you feed yourself, right? You eat. The whole rest of you, what benefits? So it is for the body. When one part does well, the whole body does well. And so Paul says, listen, you need to realize your dependence on one another. You're all needed. You all need each other. And God has designed it that way. God has designed that you will be interdependent on one another. This is God's design for the church. There's no more important, there's no more super Christians, there's no more important Christians. You're all one body. You're all children of God and you're all important. And so Paul says, don't be a church that elevates, has people elevating themselves. Don't be that person who elevates and thinks somehow the church needs you or somehow that, the, that you're vital to God's services here. But humble yourself. And don't think that you have no value because God has gifted you and given you a ministry in the church that is just as vital as standing up here and talking. God, the body needs all of it. All of it. And so I hope that this week and the next week and the next week that God makes us into a church that recognizes the value of each of us, that God has placed us here, and that we will give the honor that is due to those who deserve it, and that we will be a church that is so united because we are so busy cheering for one another, helping one another, serving one another, honoring one another, that there's just no time for backbiting, no time for fighting, no time for divisions, because we are about the business of the king. May God make Bowmanville Baptist Church the picture of what Christ has called us to be here, dependent on one another, serving one another.
for his glory. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, again, giving us your word. We thank you for its clarity. And I pray that you would take the truths of your word here today, take what is true and right, and teach our hearts that we would recognize that you have made the body of Christ with many members and all are necessary for its function. And so may we function as you have called us to be, and may we encourage each other that there may be no divisions, but that every piece of the body might get the care that it needs. For your glory, I pray. Amen.